Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.exonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. This is A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. Kevin is a retired United States Army Lieutenant Colonel who has studied UFOs for more than 50 years. His military training has provided him with a unique insight into military operations and UFO research. Kevin has investigated many of the most mysterious cases and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries and been interviewed on hundreds of radio and television programs about UFOs. Considered to be one of the leading experts on the Roswell UFO crash, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs including Roswell in the 21st Century and Encounter in the Desert, a re-examination of the Socorro UFO landing. Now here's the host of A Different Perspective, Kevin Randall. Mm -hmm. 
welcome to this edition of A Different Perspective. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Ryan Wood. We're going to be talking about, I guess, Wikipedia's bias, anti-UFO bias. And we'll be talking a little bit about Majestic 12. But before we go, I have to rant once again. Just the other day, almost gave it away here. The other day, I got a Facebook posting somebody sent me. And it was an interview with Glenn Dennis that it was now available on YouTube. What annoyed me about this was that they said the creator was the United States Air Force, the Department of Defense, the Secretary of the Air Force, and a whole bunch of other highfalutin government agencies. Untrue. The first voice of an interviewer you hear on the tape is that of Don Schmidt. The second voice you hear is Mark Wolf, and the third voice of an interview you hear is mine. They didn't create it. We did. It was an interview with Glenn Dennis talking about his nonsensical story of the missing nurse and all of that stuff. Uh, it was done in November of 1990 in Roswell, New Mexico. Mark Wolf conducted this interview. He's in casual closing. I conducted the interview two days later when he was in uh, more formal closing, a suit and a tie, uh, about his activities. We've since learned more about it. What annoys me is two things. One, they're in violation of copyright because Don Schmidt and I own the copyright. We had loaned the tape, provided the tape to the Air Force during their investigation in the 1990s, the mid-1990s, so they would have that information for them. I don't understand how it got from the Air Force to the National Archives to YouTube. I have emailed and sent communications to the National Archives to get this thing uh, rectified. At the best they could do is, is provide the correct creators for it. Uh, and I've tried to get in touch with YouTube to get them to take it down because it's infringing on our copyright. I just thought I would mention that to show you what's going on. And I guess what really annoyed me about this is the comments on the one were uh, uh, deactivated. So I couldn't say, you know, Glenn Dennis has been found to be somewhat fraudulent and the Air Force didn't create the tape. We did. That's, uh, I guess, the rant for the day. Uh, Ryan Wood, who will join us in just a second here, was born in Maryland in 1955, first became interested in UFOs when his father, Dr. Robert Wood, a name I think a lot of you may know, was engaged in deciphering the physics of UFOs while managing a research project on anti-gravity for McDonnell Douglas. Ryan is now regarded as a leading authority on the top secret classified majestic Majestic 12 intelligence documents and the 1941 Cape Girardeau, Missouri UFO crash. Frequent lecturer on the UFO subject, Ryan has taught college courses and made numerous presentations about UFOs to civic organizations and at ufology conferences. He has organized three worldwide UFO crash retrieval symposia and once presented a UFO lecture to a class on national security affairs at the Naval Postgraduate School that formed the basis of the final exam. He manages the content of www.majesticdocuments.com and along with his father, was the executive producer of the television documentary on the authenticity of the Majestic 12 documents called Top Secret. Ryan Wood, it's been a while. Welcome to A Different Perspective. Well, thanks, Kevin. Um, it's great to be with you and uh, catch up with your audience. Um, couple of quick corrections. I think we actually did seven UFO crash retrieval conferences. And uh, actually, the, the proceedings, um, the written 200-page bound proceedings, of which I think you were in the 
the seventh edition. Um, I think it was in the sixth. The sixth. Um, right. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, sixth or seventh, they're all all there. People can read uh, the descriptions on, on Amazon and and see what uh, what catches their fancy. But um, actually, well, just, I can if I, I can. I can blame this on you because I used an old uh, bio that I had to pull off the internet because I didn't get a response when I asked for a bio. So I used the best yeah, I could I find. I knew there was going to be some updates to it. So update yeah, no, away. That's good. Um, so that was, I mean, the long and short of it is that I've been uh, sort of off the radar for the past, uh, oh, I'd say 10 years. Um, although I'm, I'm stay interested, but I've been primarily working on my, my day job. Um, but, uh, I think your audience might enjoy the, uh, the story of the Naval postgraduate school, um, uh, final exam. Um, well, that, yeah, that and, is and very actually you would too, Kevin, I think. Yeah. I was going to um, say it's very intriguing. Go. Yeah. So, go. The, the, yeah, so the way this happened was, um, I was at the Association of Air Force Retired Air Force Officers in San Francisco. Um, one time, I, I just joined as a, a member, although I was never an Air Force Intelligence Associate member, Air Force officer. Uh, and I went to several of their meetings. And and one time, um, I was talking to the people at the table and. Uh, showed them the special operations manual, extraterrestrial entities, technology, recovery, and disposal. And the guy said, wow, that's really pretty interesting. Um, would you be willing to come talk about that? Uh, Captain Frank Patho was the guy there who taught the course on national security affairs. And, um, and I said, sure. <laughs> so they... They actually, you know, paid me a few hundred bucks, and I went down to Monterey and um, showed up for um, basically a, a two-hour lecture uh, with a break in between for about, I'd say, 20 uh, officers, some European, some uh, U.S., and, and the whole course was on critical thinking. Um, at the Naval Postgraduate School. And so what I did was I, I basically tried to bracket the world of ufology into um, there are people that study uh, abductions like John Mack uh, before he passed away in, in his book and people who study uh, different aspects of the field uh, and I said, well, I just focus on documents and, and sort of military history, uh, and then went in and talked about the majestic documents. And the funny thing about it was that um, although I had a good time and I, and I had some feedback from the, uh, the professor, he, he really didn't tell me what the final exam assignment was. Um, for these people, uh, but no doubt, I, I suspect that they were asked to uh, try to discern the wheat from the chaff and what they thought was believable and why. But anyway, it was uh, an interesting 
interface into our uh, national security education establishment. And well, let's we'll we'll talk about MJ12 here in a little while. But the, sure. as as I said, the the thing that interested me that got me involved in trying to get in touch with you again after after these years was the email that you'd sent out to an awful lot of people that uh, uh, about Wikipedia and its yeah. anti-UFO bias. And yeah. I thought that's kind of an interesting thing. And I've looked at some of the, uh, the UFO stuff on there, and I, I'm not sure that there's a major anti-UFO bias. What, what kind of tripped uh, your trigger on that? Well, I mean, this is not the first time that I sort of flag this. And, you know, one example was um, maybe a couple of years ago, I was talking. We know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. To Jan Harzan, who's the head of, of the Mutual UFO Network. And I said, Jan, you know, your, your Wikipedia site for um, MUFON is, is terrible. It doesn't do a, any sort of a decent job of explaining uh who you guys are, what your scientific method process is, the the journal. I mean, it was a, a page or two. And he assigned his um, uh, his public relations person uh, to go expand it, and they, they did that. And it was up for uh, a few weeks, and then the people came in and sort of edited it down to uh, nothing. And as I just looked at it again today, uh, so it's again, um, you know, it's it's full of comments, uh, you know, that's unscientific, or there, there's an injection, for example, of uh, um, uh, of officers and donors with far right viewpoints. There's a whole paragraph. Well, let me this. let me interrupt you here because I'm going to have to break away for the, sure. the first, the first uh, messages here. When we come back, we'll, talk, we'll get a little bit more depth into this right-wing leading of, um, or the, the suggestion yeah. of a right-wing leading, leaning uh, of MUFON and that sort of thing. 
Um, yeah. Is, is the Majestic Documents website, is that still active now or is that back active? It was dormant for a while. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's still there. You know, if you type in www.majesticdocuments.com, it, it comes up. Uh, okay. And- okay. We'll be back. We'll be back right after this. Uh, so please stick around. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Art School. Change your life. Live abundantly. Schedule a long distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at findyourpathhome.com. Joined by Ryan Wood, uh, he of Majestic Documents fame and UFO research. Um, As I say frequently on the program, uh, I'll have more information up about this at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And what I meant to mention a little bit earlier was 
there is a posting about this Glenn Dennis thing that um, came up recently at, at, at still at the, the blog so that you can get that information and it links to a longer article that shows why I have found the, the Glenn Dennis testimony to be less than reliable. So as I say, as, as I guess uh, Ryan was saying just before we went away, that the MUFON page had been, it's uh, edited frequently by rabid skeptics, debunkers, and uh, suggests sort of a right wing leaning toward the organization. Is, 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 it, well, is that I what mean, it's today? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's when you look at it, look at it. There's a there's a paragraph about this, but you know, it's it just disingenuous. I mean, if you take any organization with twenty thousand members in it, uh, I guarantee you can find some weirdos in it, uh, and then they latch on to it um, and publish it where the the counterpoint is not shown um, that the vast majority are are of the scientific method and they're not. Um, well, there has know, been there has, people, you know, there has been some criticism of MUFON lately by members of the organization. I know a number of state directors quit because of the uh, direction it had taken. And, and by that, I mean, less scientific oriented, not necessarily right or left wing, but the scientific orientation. And there's some other state directors and some other membership that is more than a little bit um, worried about the direction the organization has taken. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not really uh, in touch with the details about this, and I'll take you at your word. I just think it's a big, it's a big place, and that the the point is that it's not just MUFON. If you look at Flying Saucer Review, for example, or you look at uh, Rich Dolan's website. Um, or the Wikipedia entry for there, or and I've talked to a few of the people that have been in the field for recently, and they they tend to agree that uh, despite efforts to make it more fair and um, provide more details, I'm re I'm reminded actually of uh, one person who wrote up the Cape Girardeau UFO crash um, and put it out there and highly referenced and so forth. And it just got dug into uh, in a, in an aggressive uh, way to de debunk it. Well, um, let's, I'm sure let's you've experienced look. this with, uh, with, you know, for example, Kevin, you're an expert in Roswell. I mean, if you go to the Roswell UFO crash site or UFO Wikipedia entry. Um, what does it say? It, uh, um, you know, I, I see it. It's it's uh, five, ten times longer. No, I would say five times longer than the MUFON site. Um, and uh, if you were to go through this, um, I, I'm sure that you'd find all sorts of subtleties that uh, are manipulated. Well, you've mentioned the Cape Girardeau thing. I mentioned the Cape Girardeau thing, and, and you brought that up yeah. as an example. What uh, What is the Cape Girardeau sighting, and how, how is that different from other sightings? Because from what I understand, it's basically secondhand information. There are no firsthand testimonies for it. Well, that's true. I mean, you, you have no firsthand, uh, as it's difficult to find firsthand testimony 
for for Roswell. Um, but not at the, the beginning of the investigation. There was plenty of firsthand witnesses available. Uh, some of them proved to be yeah. less than reliable, but there yeah, were plenty I, of firsthand I, witnesses. With Cape Girardeau, I don't know of anybody who talked about it in a firsthand at any point during the investigations. Well, that's that's true. It was 1941. It was uh, earlier than 47. Um, you, the closest witness testimony you have is the uh, deathbed confession of of Reverend Huffman, or actually of Flo Huffman, the wife of uh, Reverend Huffman to Charlotte Mann. Uh, well, let's 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 get to some of the. Well, I was going to say, let's identify some of the players. Charlotte Mann is the the woman who came forward and talked about the story in the beginning. And this was uh, a this was a UFO crash in, in Cape Girardeau in 1941. Her father had been out and uh, had uh, interacted with the the military when they found this downed object and the the bodies her of the her grandfather of of the her um, grandfather Rev, Reverend Reverend Huffman, who was I mean the story is that Reverend Huffman was called to the the scene and driven from downtown Cape Girardeau where he was a Baptist uh, preacher to give blessings to um, uh, to three deceased aliens um, and he, he did that and the military showed up and swept everybody swept all the bodies and technology up and swore everybody's secrecy and that's the gist of the story and there's been um, a couple of references to the 1941 crash uh, in Cape Girardeau in the Majestic documents, and then there has been her testimony. You know, as far as crash retrievals go, I mean, I wrote a whole book called Magic Eyes Only uh, on UFO crash retrievals, reviewing some 74 of them, and I have a scale from, you know, sort of junk to uh, thoroughly investigated and extremely um, refined and, and plausible that they happened. And and Cape Girardeau is, is sort of neutral in the middle, maybe it's slightly ahead of, um, of, of neutral. Uh, lots of investigative angles have been played out. For example, Roswell, on the other hand, is is all the way hard over. It, lots of people have investigated for a long time, run down all the leads, and the data supports the fact there was a real event. Well, um, let me let me ask you a question because you mentioned seventy-four crash retrievals in your book. Yeah. Um, but this seems incredible to me that this many events could have taken place, and we're still arguing about the reality of the possibility of crash retrievals. We don't have. Oh, I'm not arguing. Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, well, but I, I mean, so there's got to be there's got to be some of them that simply are not alien in in any nature. And I know I I did a book crash when UFOs fall from the sky, and I think I, I outlined 110. And of those, well, I only I only think a, a very very small number, less than five, have any real good solid credibility. Well, I mean, people have different. Uh, takes on things, you know, of, I just sort of reported the evidence and created a, um, a review, a compendium of crash retrievals. Um, 
most are sort of in the neutral column of, of you know, there's a 50-50 chance that it could be uh, junk or a 50-50 chance that it could be uh, the real thing, you know. But it only well, takes it one. Is, I mean... Yes, we know that, but, but here's the question then. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about this, but what kind of vetting did you do? Did you do any research behind, besides just collecting the data? Did you, did you talk to the original witnesses? Did you try to find documentation? How deeply did you delve into these crash retrievals? Uh, well, it depends upon which crash retrieval. And in the case, I did not, I was an organizer. I went to the experts at the various uh, crashes, for example, in in Kecksburg, uh, I didn't investigate it. I went to the lead investigator, um, and Stan Gordon. You know, at Stan Gordon, and and asked him. Thank you for pulling that out for me. Um, and and asked him to, you know, I wrote up five pages about it and asked him to review it, and and he would edit it and capture uh, what he thought was the best details. Um, and as I recall, uh, I had you review the the Roswell section. Um, I don't. I don't think that's right. I don't think I reviewed the Roswell section. I don't remember that. Well, I know Stan did. Um, Stan Friedman, now deceased. Um, but uh, you know, Kingman and Del Rio, and there's Kingman. There's Kingman a lot. is a hoax. Kingman is a hoax. In your You're, opinion? No, no. There's there's no evidence what it, whatsoever for it. Um, Art Stansel turned out to be not reliable because he told the the, the boys, the the teenagers who interviewed him first, that when he drank, he tended to make up stories, and they visited him on a Saturday afternoon after he'd been drinking beer for part of the day. The only documentation he offered was a uh, calendar page that said had he had some kind of special report. None of the other evidence ever checked out. The woman who came forward and said that her husband had been involved in it turned out to be a liar. And her daughter told me that, that her, her husband supposedly was killed in Vietnam, but he had sent her a letter about this, this whole Kingman thing. And the daughter called me and told me that's not true. Her father was still alive. So uh, the well, Kingman, Kingman has know, been they, pretty well blown out of the water. Well, I'd love to, you know, put you on the debate stage with, uh, uh, with Nick Redfern on this. Um, and the the two men that sort of kicked it off were, were Jeff Young and Paul uh, Chathman. Good well, me, interview with the source let, of, of let me in, let me interrupt. But you, I, I don't want to go down I, I got, these you know individual break, crashes. I've got a break coming. I've got a break coming. I have to break. We will be back with uh, Ryan Wood. We'll we'll continue the discussion of Kingman to get all the evidence in and all the little bits and pieces going. Take a look at my blog at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and his is www.majesticdocumentsalloneword.com. We will be back right after this, so please stick around. a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. 
Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. I am here with Ryan Wood. The conversation has gone in a direction I did not expect. But we'll continue with that. Uh, when we took the break, we were talking about the Kingman UFO crash, uh, a case that I'm very familiar with. And uh, Ryan, you were presenting some uh, evidence for the reality of the case when I so rudely interrupted you to take our break. So continue on. Well, yeah, I, I guess I don't want to try to, you know, re relitigate this this case, but I can just say that. Um, there's lots of talented people on both sides that that think there's something to it. And in in my book, Magic Eyes Only, which is out of print, I mean, I put it in uh, of the five categories from low to high. It's in the fourth category. It's not considered high. Um, but it's, you know, you made a fundamental comment that, you know, I'm not sure there's any crash retrievals. And uh, and I'm I just think you're, no, you're dead I said, wrong on I that. Said, no, I said I said there are, the number of crash retrievals is extremely small. If there are oh, crash okay. retrievals, it's extremely small because we're talking about the things raining out of the sky. And if there was that kind of activity, I don't think that the government or anybody would have been able to suppress the information. Now, I, well, I will I, say in the Roswell case, because of where it supposedly took place in the middle of nowhere, basically, that and, and the, air, the military got there right away, that it would be very easy to keep that one buried. But some of them came down in, in fairly um, populated areas. It would be almost impossible to keep them, them hidden. Well, the... the, the the way this is addressed is, is, is I believe 
that the government can and does keep secrets uh, fairly well. And despite the fact that people say it can't be done, um, it, I think it really does. And and the the manual for me, the majestic document, is, is most compelling, is the Special Operations Manual, Extraterrestrial Entities, Technology and Recovery. You know, it's dated 1954, and it's clearly a how-to manual of where do you take the things, or the, the bodies, the evidence, where do you, uh, what are the extraterrestrial biological entities, uh, how do you cover it up? Well, um, let, let, me, let, me, let me interrupt here, and we'll come back uh -huh. to the manual in a minute. What about the original documents, the Eisenhower briefing, briefing talk document and the Truman Memo? Where do you stand on those? Well, the Eisenhower briefing document, um, there's not much that can be verified in that. Uh, and Stan Friedman did most of the original work. I would put it in my neutral column. I don't. I'm not hard over that it's genuine or authentic, um, or, or that it's uh, a fake. Nobody's really proved it one way or the other. What if I told uh, you there's a fatal? What if I told you there's a fatal flaw in it? Well, I. You know the 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 reference to the December December sixth, nineteen fifty crash that's mentioned in one paragraph in the Eisenhower briefing document. That was a yeah. story told. By, that was a story told by Robert Willingham, who claimed to be an Air Force fighter pilot, a retired Air Force colonel. Yeah, yeah. Well, and but, how does? But okay. he was not. Willingham was never a fighter pilot. He was not a retired Air Force colonel. He made up the story, and there's at least three versions of it that he told starting in 1968. So the question becomes, if that crash never took place and the story didn't appear till 1968, how would it end up in a document created for the president in 1952? Yeah, well, the, the evidence or the data that I'm aware of that uh, uh, puts it squarely in the reality compound or, or category is when you look at the White House phone records from those dates, which I have a copy of and pulled, um, you sh see a massive increase in phone conversations between um, high-ranking officials inside uh, the White House and incoming calls as well. And um, Bruce Maccabee did a fairly in-depth discussion of this um, at one of our UFO crash retrieval conferences. Uh, and I would, you know, have him, you know, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you about those, well, those details. And here's what, I would say, here's what I would say to him. According to the original story, the crash took place in 1948. Well, according, to the, according to the only witness that ever spoke on this, It doesn't matter, Kevin. You're just confusing everybody and everything. In my mind, crashes have happened. And okay. the, the details of, you know, arguing over one case, the other case, I don't think really matters. What, what the audience, I think, needs to take away is that multiple crashes have happened in the United States, let alone China, Russia, and other places on the planet, and that our government or some other cabal or government um, or secret organization has the evidence, has the, the data, and has been 
working at trying to reverse engineer it, which seems like the only logical thing to do. Well, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. What are the um, top UFO crash retrieval cases that you're aware of? What do you think are the best ones? Well, um, well, certainly Roswell, uh, Kecksburg, um, uh, Shag Harbor. Um, um, oh, it's, I'd have to go look, look at uh, – there was another one. Um, I mean, well, Rendlesham Forest is not really a crash retrieval. Well, I would make um, that same comment about Shag Harbor. It sounded to me more like it was a emergency landing, <laughs> and that the right, object fell okay. into the it fell into the bay, and uh, there was there was a big response by the military, both both American and Canadian military. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police were involved. There's a photograph of the thing in the sky. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. a bright light. But that struck me as more of a a emergency landing affair. The object uh, then took off underwater. Uh, but, I mean, those were the ones I would have picked if I was to say, yeah, they're the, the ones we need to really look at. Those are the ones I would pick uh, yeah. as, as legitimate. Yeah, but... But but there's you said there I think you have seventy four in your book. Yeah yeah I mean I I I have seventy four. There's some I did not include, and and I have actually another twenty five on my desk waiting for the second edition. A lot of it came from the work that uh, um, uh, Rob Switek did when he was. Uh, reviewing all of uh, his friend's um, archive of UFO material. You may remember the name. I want to say Hall. No. Um, Richard anyway. Hall? Dick Richard. Hall? No, you mean the, 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 the guy, that, uh, the four, Fufor guy the, uh, was with NICAP at one point? You mean Richard Hall? Yes, I think so, yeah. Um and his his uh, archives and so forth. But anyway, the point is that the other other reports um, they're in various stages of believability, from simple newspaper articles to uh, um, like I actually got a report of a uh, a, a crash from first-hand witnesses and and uh, F-16 fighter jets chasing. Uh, down in Colorado, um, this is maybe uh, 10 years ago, in uh, the Great Sand Dunes uh, area of Colorado, which is down in the San Luis Valley, which is. Uh, but it, these are these are all you know new new cases. They're around, um, and the the point is that they've crashed, and uh, there's hardware around and but we don't have highly it. classified we don't have any hardware we don't well, have any no, good i don't know about that we don't there's i mean there's there's no hardware in in private hands there's no good photographs we're left with basically the testimony of the witness and some some of the people i find extremely reliable i think of edwin easley at the roswell case who had been the provost marshal at roswell in 1947 and told me that uh 
it was extraterrestrial. I mean, I find him extremely reliable. But a lot of these are based on single witnesses. And, and you mentioned in the Cape Girardeau case, we don't even have a firsthand witness on that one. We have a very nice woman, Charlotte Mann. I, I talked to her. She's very, very nice woman. But it's a sort of family tradition history. It's, it's not really good, solid evidence. Well, the, the uh, you have a couple of documents as well as her testimony. And the, there's a whole book that's written by um, uh, a guy by the name of Smith, I think. I don't have it in front of me. Um, the, all about the Cape Girardeau crash. Um, and it, it just, for me, it's not really um, the critical thing. I mean, the thing that sets it all off is the, the Special Operations Manual, um, and its authenticity, which I'm thoroughly engulfed in, and uh, it clearly describes the craft and the the type of extraterrestrial entities. We'll talk, we'll talk about the manual right after this. I'll be back with Ryan Wood. We'll talk about the Majestic Manual. Take a look at my blog, www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com, and take a look at www.majesticdocuments.com because there's stuff about the manual up there that you can take a look at. We will be back right after this, so please stick around. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV. 
plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. with Ryan Wood. We've been talking UFO, UFO crash retrievals, and dancing around MGA-12 quite a bit, especially the um, operations manual. So since we've danced around that, and I promised we'd talk about it, Ryan, what is the uh, special operations manual? Well, um, it, uh, it came as <clears throat> a roll of 35 millimeter undeveloped film to uh, Don Berliner, <clears throat> Uh, in like 94, I think. Uh, and it was just after the um, Oshkosh uh, big fly-in in Wisconsin and the, the postmark on the, the material sent out was from uh, the Quillen Pharmacy in, in Oshkosh. Uh, or, or in Wisconsin, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, but when Don got it, uh, he developed all the pages, and lo and behold, it was um, 35 millimeter negatives of uh, a gentleman that sort of folded open the, the document uh, titled Extraterrestrial Entities, Technology Recovery and Disposal, Top Secret, Magic, Eyes Only, 
Warning, this document is top secret, magic eyes only, containing compartmentalized information essential to the national security of the United States, eyes only access, hearing material, strictly limited to personnel possessing magic 12 clearance level, examination or use by unauthorized personnel is strictly forbidden and punishable by federal law. Um, so that's the warning page that is on the inside uh, of every single page throughout the entire 32-page manual. But um, what you're what you're saying is there's basically no provenance for it. It came. Oh no no no! I it, well it, the the manual was mailed and uh, it was received, and then you, you start to examine it and look for provenance. The the first thing you notice that is that uh, it was stamped. Um, uh, on the inside page, uh, Kirkland Air Force Base, Unit KB-88. So uh, presumably it came from Kirkland Air Force Base. And then... But you said it was mailed the, from uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. La Crosse, Wisconsin, yes. La Crosse. Uh, it was mailed from there, but uh, it was... It was the stamp on the inside said it came from Kirkland. So that's a first... Uh, inclination. And then um, on the change control page, which is the, the control page that says which pages are removed or updated and uh, who the authority was and what the date and time of replacement was and who the initials of the officer that um, replaced the changes. Pages, made the yeah. changes. And there's Two sets of initials, and part of my investigation was to find the um, phone books from Kirkland in 1954, 55, 56, and search the phone book for the people with those initials. And lo and, lo and behold, there was two military officers uh, that lived on Perimeter Road of um, Kirkland Air Force Base with the correct initials. Did you um, talk to those men? Uh, one was deceased, and I hired a private investigator to find the other one, and we were unsuccessful in finding the other one, but likely deceased. Um, we had several names. We were down to like 10, 10 different people uh, that had those initials JRT, um, and I, I interviewed a couple of live witnesses um, that were um, their national personnel records matched their time there, but um, they didn't uh, say they were. They, they were not involved. They were not involved. Well, they either told me they weren't involved, or they. Uh, um, or they were involved and told me they weren't. I, you know, but, uh, it's hard to a, know. A manual, but it's, a manual that would be uh, top secret, eyes only, the access to it would be extremely limited. And sure. out of the thousands of people at Kirtland Air Force Base, only a handful would be granted access to this manual if, it, if, it, if it's legitimate. So the fact that right. uh, those people that you talked to didn't know anything about it really is... It, it, they're not probably not hiding anything. Well, no, but the key point that uh, maybe didn't make clear was that they had the right initials. Um, Jess R. Totten and Earl W. Lewis. I mean, 
these are the names of the people that were in the phone book that lived on Perimeter Road. And so I, I knew who to find and try to um, talk with. Uh, and so there was no other EWLs or JRTs that were like in the phone book. Um, so it's not so, true. There was there was a few others, but they weren't on the the base at all, and and these were officers. So it it made sense. Uh, but that's just one point about the manual that uh, for provenance and authenticity um, that struck me as elevating it besides its content and the other hallmarks of. Well, the thing that always struck me about the manual was it was awfully short. A manual of 35 pages seemed awfully short to me, and that really? uh, there should have been additional information uh, available. And, and, and it seemed to me that there were some anachronisms as well that kind of argued against authenticity. Well, the, uh, there was an appendix and references where there were considerable other um, uh, potentially more information but as far as anachronisms go, uh, I'm aware of uh, none that haven't been resolved. I mean, some people said, oh, it's got a uh, war office logo on the front page, but uh, and the war office um, went out of business in 50... 47. Or something like that. 47. Well, well, the question is, wh when did the government printing office... <clears throat> actually decide that uh, we're not supposed to use that. But it didn't matter because I just went to the Stanford Library and pulled many other manuals uh, that were known authentic right off the shelf with the War Department logo printed right on it. So Yes, but what were the dates that, of those? Oh, they were 1954, 1955. I mean, there was, okay. it was clearly... Uh, not, that was one thing that was brought up. Um, and there's other um, things that bode for authenticity. For example, the word uh, screwdriver is, is two words instead of one word as it would be used today. Uh, and there's lots of um, subtle things in there like... Um, the, the, the real problem. The, the real problem is the real problem is you don't have a provenance. You know, it's a document oh. that just showed up at Don Berliner's uh, mailbox, and you haven't found a copy of the manual uh, at, at Kirtland, for example. Well, of course, and to, to Kevin, you know, you're a former Air Force guy. Do you think that you, you can just walk into the National Archives and get a top secret manual like this? No, you're not going to be able to get it declassified. Uh, it's the most highly classified subject on the planet from the U.S. government. Well, uh, granted, but you know, what I'm saying here is we there's there's in the whole mythos of MJ12, we have no documents with a provenance. We can't go to a government agency and find an MJ12 document that's legitimate. Well. Um, 
That's not quite true. I mean, they're not as compelling or interesting as as ones you might think of. Um, for example, there's um, on the Majestic Documents website. There's uh, there's a column called uh, Official UFO Documents from the National Archives, and there's um, uh, there's a, um, a mention. Um, Are you searching for the Cutler Twining memo? No, 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 no. This is this is one of Blount Evans to yeah, um, Ro- Ro- Robley Evans from from uh, Lieutenant Colonel Blount. Um, well, let's. Let's 19, break it 1950, right there. and it talks about uh, crashed UFOs. And uh, being we're going to have to break it right the there, Ryan. I'm out of time. We're out of time. We're out of time. I need to thank you for taking your time to uh, discuss all of this with us tonight. I appreciate your your time and your effort here. Uh, the website is www.majesticdocuments.com. Uh, and you can get some more information about the Majestic 12 manual and that sort of thing. I'll have information up and links to some of this at my blog at www.kevinrandall.blogs. <laughs> can't do it. www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. There we go. Next week, we're going to be talking with John Burroughs. I think he's going to have some interesting things to say about the Rendlesham Forest case. I had an opportunity to talk to him just a couple of days after we had interviewed Charles Halt on this program, and he gave me a call and wanted to um, update me on some of the activities around the Rendlesham's Forest investigation. We'll chat with him about that, see what we can learn about that. As always, take a look at Roswell in the 21st century. Take a look at the encounters in the desert. We will be back in 167 hours, so uh, be looking for us, and we'll uh, chat with you later. Thank you for listening.